effective pastoring with Reverend Tunde Amosu. Welcome to Effective Pastoring as we get into the Word of God today. It's beautiful to get together again around the Word of God as ministers and as pastors. We are going to look at what I call what lies ahead of us. No, we're just coming out of this pandemic and then, you know, lockdown is easing off. And I know that as pastors, as ministers, we want to know what is ahead, what lies ahead. Of course, we know Bible says that we know in part and we prophesy in part. So that is our struggle there. We don't know everything and we cannot say everything. If we know everything, we become like God. And we don't have the sufficiency of God to undo everything. So we know in part and we prophesy in part. And so I want us to spend time today to talk about what lies ahead. What do we see? How do we go about life? What will be post-pandemic? What will be after all this? Of course, now that the virus fear itself is diminishing, there are what I call different implications, economic, political, social different things that will come up that are just the result of what has happened. And as ministers, how do we handle this? What do we do? What lies ahead? Let me start like this. Honestly, in our world today, it's difficult to see ahead. It's difficult to know. I mean, who, 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 who could tell that this will happen last year? I mean, that will be locked down for weeks, months like this. So, it's getting much more difficult day by day to predict the future and know the future. And then it is really hard and tough to be a leader now. If you are leading the park, if you are going ahead of people and you are looking ahead and you want to see what lies ahead, it's quite difficult because the future is now foggy than ever. It's misty than ever. You know, it's misty than ever. So that, that, that problem is there. It's cloudy ahead. But, you know, in the, that bad news is our good news. You know, in, in Christian faith, we are not called primarily to lead. We are not asked to lead. The Bible, the New Testament, never asks us to lead. It only asks us to follow. And that, that's, that's our good news. Our good news is not that we are able to lead well at this time because leadership is failing around the world. But as a Christian leader, your very first charge from God is not about to lead your people. The very first charge is to follow. Remember when Jesus called Peter from fishing? He said, follow me and I will make you. He never said, lead and I will make you. He said, follow me. He never said, follow a set of principles or an idea. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, let's look at that. In knowing what lies ahead, the best we can do, if we cannot see clearly and we cannot predict tomorrow, we need to find somebody or something that can accurately tell us what will happen. And that kind of person is not found among men. It's not found in a particular instrument or in a particular computerized program or software. No software, no human being, 
no institution can tell us accurately how the future will turn out now. But we have the good news. John chapter 8 verse 12. This is what it says in John chapter 8 verse 12. Jesus said this. Verse 12. He spoke to them again. Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follow me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Wow, praise God. He said, I am the light of the world. So, light speaks of clarity, direction, and the delight of sin ahead. He said, I'm the light of the world. He didn't say, I have the light. He said, I am the light. And he said, he that follows me shall not walk in darkness. Darkness speaks of confusion. It speaks of non-clarity. It speaks of not knowing where you are going. But when you have the light, and is the light, then we can see ahead of us, and we can go ahead of us. In fact, Jesus said that in John chapter 11. I would like us to look at it, and it will bless us. When he was talking to his disciples, just before they went to go and meet uh, the sisters of Lazarus, while Lazarus died. Look at your Bible. John chapter 11. Are we there? Look at verse 9. Jesus answered and said, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Mm. Did you hear that? When you don't have light, you stumble around. So when we look at tomorrow, when things are not clear, things look cloudy, we stumble around. But when we have the light, we can walk in the day. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I want to actually let you see something that is important here. That you can't trust yourself. When it comes to predicting the future, you cannot know the future accurately. Paul, who was a great apostle, who wrote half of the New Testament letters, said, we know in part. In First Corinthians 13, and we prophesy in part. So we can only have a part, and we can only know in part in our prophecies. So what we need to do now is to follow the light. He said, he that follow me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So as we start this, I want you to know that what lies ahead, Jesus can see it all. And you are supposed to follow Jesus. As a pastor in your church, as the set man, your very first duty is to get your eyes on Jesus. Like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Not, I will lead and you follow. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. So, to tomorrow, to next month, to next year, we can follow Christ. And we know that Christ is all powerful, is all knowing, is all wise. He said to us, in the world, you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've already overcome the world. There is an extra bonus with this, that the fact that even if something bad and awful is going to come up, he has overcome it already. I mean, at the beginning of this pandemic, when things were looking so, so way out and then there was this lockdown, we were thinking, how will we survive? But Christ took it, took us through it all. And he has not yet diminished in his power. He can take us through much more ahead of us, no matter what can come tomorrow. He owns tomorrow. He is our future. Praise God. Now, let's do some more digging into this. You have to see yourself now as a follower and as a servant of Christ. The apostles never called themselves leaders in the Bible. Check up your Bible. 
when they write let when they wrote the letters and epistles to different uh, churches, they will introduce themselves as the apostle and servant or servant and apostle. Let's look at chapter one, the book of Romans, verse one. Paul, a slave or a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the good news of God or the gospel of God. Just take a look at that. That, 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 that gives us a kind of a, a rest and assurance. He said, number one, you are a servant, you are a slave of Jesus Christ. So as we march into the future, as you go forward to what lies ahead, we're not going in our own power. We're not going in our own strength. We're going in the strength of the Lord. Remember when Paul was shipwrecked and uh, there was a problem on the sea and people were actually bothered how they are going to survive. And you remember Paul got up and addressed them that they should not be afraid. Why? Because he's serving the God who is alive and well. And that God can take care of them. He said, the God whose I am and whom I serve. Praise God. So serving the Lord gives us the power and the potency to move ahead into what lies ahead, come what may. That's what I want you to see. We're going to come to some things that are bugging us, but let's first of all see that we are servant of Jesus Christ. And as a servant, we are behind him, he's ahead of us, he's our leader. We are at best a follower, or we can say like this, a leading follower. We are leading others as we follow Jesus. So, and he said, separated unto the good news of God. I love that. The gospel means good news. Are you ready? So, no matter what, what lies ahead, we are going there with the good news of God. The good news of God is our unique trademark as the servant of God. That's why our job is different from other people's work in this planet, on this planet. We are not like bankers that deal with money. We are not like uh, 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 construction who, uh, engineers who build buildings. We are into the gospel of Jesus and to the good news of God. And we are supposed to bring the good news to every situation in life, including the future. Hallelujah. You know, we give people good news about their past, that Christ died for them and their sins are forgiven. And we give them the good news for the present that he is with them right now. and They can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. But we can also give good news for the future because Christ Jesus, the same yesterday, today and forever. So that's what I want us to see, that we are career of good news as we approach the future. And we are going to bring good news to bear upon every situation and every occasion that can come our way in the future. So what lies ahead? We are coming there with the, with the gospel. We don't know everything. We can't even prophesy everything that has coming ahead of us, but we can approach the future following Christ through the waves and through the storms. And we are going to see out of that quite very well. But remember, first of all, you are a servant of God, you are a follower of Jesus, and you have been set apart for the good news, to carry the good news, not only for your own life and your family, but for those who you have been given charge over. So you are the bearer of the good news, no matter the situation, no matter the thunderstorms, no matter the cloud. Praise God. That is important for us to, first of all, lay our hands on. As we go further in this discussion, don't forget that. What lies ahead? You are going there following Christ. Who knows? 
Not just the way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Is the truth about what lies ahead. Is the way into what lies ahead. And is the life to live when the ahead even comes. What lies ahead comes. We are sure of that. Now, let's deal with some things. You know, when the apostles were here, along with Jesus, when Jesus was physically here or not, he had these 12 men that were following around. And we could watch them and see how they relate with issues. They were not perfect, but Jesus was. They were not great, but Jesus was. They were not all-knowing, but Jesus was. Jesus was their answer. Jesus was their key. Jesus was their future. Jesus was their, it was the bread of life. It was the water of life. It was their everything. And today, as pastors and ministers of the gospel, you can only thrive and you can only flourish into this world, not by going out all alone, leading the people by yourself, but following Christ. Put yourself in the party of Jesus for a secure future. His agenda is great. His power is enormous. He can take care of each one of us and put us in the proper place we should be for his glory and for his greatness. Now, let's talk about the responses that, you know, we can have. I know that as different human beings, as ministers do, of course, but we are still human and we will face things and look at the future. There are certain things we need to talk about that are about the future. And I'm going to bring three things on the table today that as we look at what lies ahead, what do we do and how do we handle these three things? When we are talking about the future and what lies ahead, three things usually come up and let's expose them, put them on the table. Number one is fear of the unknown. How are you sure? Even before the pandemic, you are not that all-powerful, not that strong, things are not working as should now when things have gone really bad and we, we know what, what will happen will church function again can i we will come back to church will, will they be committed again what, what will happen how do we cope what will happen again is this thing is ending when it going to end there's going to be fear coming all through that and the first thing on the table i want us to deal with is fear the fear of tomorrow the fear of the unknown the fear of our provision of our preservation all this fear, what do we do with it? I want us to go to the book of Mark and see Jesus with his disciples. And uh, let's take a look at this particular issue that occurred in uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Jesus finished preaching. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stand, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? Then he arose, and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, How can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Uh, we see Jesus over here and his disciples dealing with the element of fear. There was a storm on the sea. Jesus was with them. In fact, Jesus said, Let us cross over to the other side. He didn't say, Let's go through the storm. You know, some of you are saying, I wonder, I wonder why didn't the Lord tell me all these things are going to happen? You know, sometimes you don't do it. You just used to pass through it. Jesus said, Let's cross the other side. 
There's a dream, there's a vision, there's a future for you, there's a blessing, there's a greatness that God wants to accomplish through your ministry. But he won't spend time talking about your struggles and your storms. And so this one, he knew that before this storm will come, this pandemic came, Jesus knew that he would pass through it and get out and go do some greater things with their lives. So Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. His mind, his heart was on the other side, not in the intervening storm. And disciples didn't know better. They didn't see the storm coming. They jumped inside the boat and they were glad. And Jesus seemed to slip off. He just slept off. And then the storm arose. And when the storm arose, it was really bad that the disciples were in jeopardy. And they began to say, teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? Some of us are seeing that right now. I mean, I mean we're perishing. I mean, this is going down. Life is going down. What are we going to do? We thought it would take place again. All that fear of the unknown and the struggles of provision and protection and the church existence. He said, don't you care? He was busy sleeping. It's as if the Lord is not responding. It's as if he's not talking. He's not saying anything. He's just sleeping. And then they woke him up. And he said, when he woke up, he rose up and rebuked the wind and the, the raging water. And he said, peace be still. Then he turned toward them and said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So, if you are going to deal with our fear, in the presence of Jesus, we have to stop being afraid and turn toward our faith. You know, Paul was telling Timothy, he said, for God has not given us spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. That is the faith foundation. Our faith is based upon the power of God, on the love of God, and sound mind of Christ. We can be sound-minded and we can look ahead, trusting that Christ will see us through. If they were sound-minded on that sea that day, they would have said, Christ is with us now. No need to fear. Praise God. So what I'm asking you to do right now is to dispense your fear because of Christ's presence and put your faith in his enormous power and his promises. Praise God. So he got up, he rebuked the wind. So you yourself to Christ right now lives inside of you. So let's start rebuking this storm that you are not going to last. You are not going to prosper. No, the Bible says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. This pandemic was formed against us. It was not for our welfare. It was against our welfare. So what we can do? Let's start speaking against it and say we refuse to let you you know, pull us down. We refuse to fail through you in the name of Jesus. We're going to depend upon our Father. And we have not been given the spirit of fear, of timidity, of cowardice. We've been given spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. And as the servant of God, let's imbibe this. And then the other fellow believers will see this in our churches, in our assemblies. When they see that spirit of power and of love and of sound mind, they'll get up and join us to go along with them. This is important for us to know that. To deal with fear, Jesus is present. He may think he's sleeping, but he wants you to exercise faith, not fear. Fear not. Fear not. Jesus will say, fear not. Remember when he was going to the house of Jairus, and on the way, the baby daughter had died. And they came to tell Jairus and said, don't trouble the master anymore. The daughter is dead. Jesus said, fear not. Only believe. Jesus said, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Praise the Lord. So that's important. To deal with fear on the table is that we will not be afraid. That's why David said, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Is he not with us? Then his rod and his staff, they will comfort us. That's why he said again, the Lord is my light 
and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid of? Praise God. So let's note his present. We are his servant. We are his ministers. And we are carrying his good news to the world around us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That, that, that's the first thing on the table. Let's look at the second thing on the table. The second thing on the table is the issue of hope. Our expectation. You know, we have to know something that is important. One thing that the world is lacking that is shortage of right now is hope. They are afraid. They are scared. Listen to this in Luke 21, talking about men's heart. Verse 26. Men's heart failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So we dealt with fear on the table. When you're looking ahead of what lies ahead, fear, and we said we need to replace our fear with the faith in our master who is with us. For he has not given us spirit of fear, but of power of love and of sound mind. Now, the next thing on the table we want to deal with is hope, our expectation. What are we expecting? What are we looking forward to? What's going to happen? How do we go about it? Where do we start from? Can we cherish a dream right now in the midst of all these disasters and all this calamity around us and the implications of this pandemic and death around us? Can we sustain hope? Where do we get hope from? I'm glad you asked that. You know where to get water from? From a tap or from a well? Where do you get hope from? Let me first of all say this, that uh, when Timothy... When Paul was writing Timothy, in chapter 1, 1 Timothy, verse 1, he says, he says something to Timothy that I would like us to read. If your Bible is with you, I'd like you to open it and read it. Listen to this. He says this, Timothy 1, verse 1, 1 Timothy, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. Praise God. Our hope. So, first of all, I'm not going to ask you to be dreaming and to be thinking positive about the future. What I'm going to ask you is that you have somebody with you, the embodiment of hope. Bible says in him, the God has dwell bodily. Jesus is the embodiment of hope. Is our hope. Is our expectation. Is the one we are going to look forward toward for our tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Say because I live you will live also. And I want to deal with that and let us see it clearly. That is our hope. That's what Paul said in chapter 1, the book of Philippians. Let's take a look there. Chapter 1, the book of Philippians. It says this, verse 20. Okay, let's start from verse 19 to make it very clear. We're dealing with hope now on the table. He said, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance as through our Pray, through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, he was in prison, like when I go through this lockdown, and he said, I know that this lockdown, this prison, will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, what is the basis of this hope that Paul had? Look at verse 20, Philippians 1. He said, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Glory to God. He said, according to my honest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed or disappointed. 
But that Jesus Christ will be magnified, glorified in my body. So as we face the future, as we look ahead, what lies ahead, we know we have hope. And that hope is this. We will not be disappointed. We will not be embarrassed. We will not be ashamed because Christ will be glorified in our life. So we look forward to the glory of God for tomorrow. So our hope is Christ being glorified in the future. This is important. You have to see that the hope, oh, that's what I say, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not government promises, not, you know, science promises, not any tribal or whatever it is, economic something, but, but, but it is Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we, we can look forward to a glorious future. What lies ahead? That's glory ahead. Somebody said, you don't know what is it. There are all kinds of trouble and trials. But let's take a look at that in 2011 when they told Jesus that uh, Lazarus died or Lazarus was sick. Let's take a look over there and see some beautiful things about uh, hope in that area and then glory. He said, hope of the glory. Chapter 11. Can we open there? Chapter 11. Listen to this. When they told Jesus about Lazarus being sick, they said, your friend is sick. Let's look at his reply. Verse 4. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Whoa, glory to Jesus. What am I saying to you in a sense? You see, this pandemic, this lockdown, this trouble, this economic implications of all this stuff is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Death is the hopelessness of men they are looking forward to. They are afraid of what will happen to the earth. But we are looking forward to the glory of God manifest. He said, this sin is not unto death, but for the glory of God. That's why Jesus told Martha, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So let's believe now. Believe our master. Believe our king. Believe our savior. Believe our Christ, Messiah, that he in us is our glory, is our hope. Praise God. That hope, we need to hold on to it and hold it fast. The hope. Now, let's talk about practical things. Now, how, how, how do you tap into this hope? Romans 15 tells us, how do you assess this hope that is in Christ, that is in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory? How do you get rid of this hope? Take a look with me in Romans 15 verse 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Mm, praise God. So pick up your Bible as you look at what lies ahead. Let the word of God prepare your heart for this vibrant hope. It says, by the patience and comfort of the scriptures, we will have hope. Praise God. So, first of all, the scriptures will build up hope in us. As we read it patiently, as we follow the comfort of it and allow it to encourage us, we're going to have hope. Now, look at verse 13. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a prayer there. May the God of hope, he called Jehovah, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. In fact, let's stop right now and pray. Heavenly Father, you are the God of hope. We ask you to fill us with joy. Fill our heart with joy. Fill us with all joy and peace in our believing. And help us to abound in hope by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. So, we are going to move in this hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's rely on the Holy Spirit. Let's trust the Holy Spirit to open the things of Jesus to us as we approach the future. And that's what I would like us to look at next about the Holy Spirit and helping us to see the glorious hope that is in Jesus. Jesus was telling us about the Holy Spirit when he was going in John chapter 16. Let's take a look there. Verse 12. John 16 verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Mm. Great things, powerful things. Even some troubles ahead. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. Verse 14. For he will take off what is mine and declare to you. Praise God. So we expect the Holy Spirit to take the glory of Jesus, this hope of his glory, and to show it to us. So let's depend on the Holy Spirit to see us through and make our heart abound in hope. Remember I said that there are three things we are bringing to the table as we look at what lies ahead. First is fear. We've dealt with that. Hope. Christ our hope. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The last one is the capacity and the competence to face the future. That one, let's Talk about it like this. Remember Jesus, after three days of people being with him, they were all hungry in Matthew 14 and Mark 6. This crowd were with him, over 5,000 men alone, beside the women and the children. And disciples came and said, Lord, send them away. Jesus said, they'll be hungry now. they go on the way, they'll fall out. He said, where will we get bread for them? Jesus said, feed them. Wow. And they said, where do we have the capacity? We don't even have the money. Jesus said this to them. What do you have? Go and see. And they came with five loaves and two fishes. The third thing on the table, I want to share with you right now. Jesus took the bread, looked up to heaven, blessed it, and broke it. Wow. He invited something from heaven on the bread. That is the blessing. Solomon said, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and had no sorrow with it. Come with the blessing. The blessing makes rich at this moment. No matter how small you are, no matter how little, no matter how weak your church has become by this pandemic, the little weak church, invite the blessing of God. Give thanks and invite the blessing of God on it. The blessing makes all the difference. Remember, Joseph, the Bible said when he was sold by his brother, the Lord was with him and the blessing of God was upon all that he did. When he went to prison, the blessing of God was with him too. The first thing God did to human beings when he made them was he blessed them. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. And God blessed them and God said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish and subdue and have dominion. You know what? As a minister of the gospel, I see that you are blessed and you can be fruitful in the days ahead and you'll be fruitful and multiply in the weeks ahead and in the months ahead in the name of Jesus. You will be strong you will be fruitful, you will multiply, you will replenish lives, you will touch lives, you will help people, and you will subdue every opposing force that can come up against us in the future. And then you will be able to be a greater blessing in Jesus' name. So don't forget those three things. Fear, lay it aside. Hope is Christ Jesus, and you have the blessing. Praise God. Bible says, thanks be unto God, our Father, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And indeed, Abraham's blessings are ours. And we are blessed in the city. We are blessed in the field. We are blessed yesterday. We are blessed today. 
and we'll be blessed tomorrow. Thank you for listening. We know what lies ahead. Christ is going ahead of us. He will see us through and will show us what to do. And with him, we can do valiantly. In Jesus' name, amen.